welcome to Cinemazing Chats. This is episode nine, Jupiter Ascending. And I'm Erica, and I'm here with Pablo. Hey, hey. Hi, Pablo. <laughs> well, this is only the most amazing film I think we've ever seen, if I may speak for the both of us. Yeah, wait, is it two hours? or? Yeah, it's pretty much exactly two hours and seven minutes. And pretty much all of it was bug shit insane. It's jam-packed. Yeah, there's so much in this movie, and I'm pretty sure I read at one point, so this is another Wachowski's film, so they both wrote it and directed it, and I just feel like this suffers from a lot of the same problems as the Matrix sequels, specifically, uh, where it's just like jammed mm. with way too much content, and not all of it makes sense or is interesting, and also it's very like flat, not a lot of humor, except in certain sequences. But I think I had read that this movie was originally a 400-page novel. Like, they wrote a whole treatment, like, wrote it out in long form. And they were probably planning, like, a whole series based on these. But maybe they didn't get enough money, so they just decided to make one movie instead and just go all out and put all the content in, in there, even if it didn't necessarily all make sense. Yeah. I guess I could see... Yeah, they were trying to make, like, a trilogy again. Yeah, we got Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum, and they're both pretty game in their roles, but their characters are just, like, really underwritten. They don't have a lot going on. It's just a lot of, like, them trying to make do with what they have. Yeah. So Channing Tatum just has to be super simplified, like, sort of protective bro. Yeah, he's just, like, the action star the whole time. He just swoops in every time Mila Kunis falls off a tall thing, which is, like, four times in this movie, at least. <laughs> He's like a Spider-Man or something. He's got like his hoverboard shoes or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually did really love those shoes, even though they made no sense and were extremely silly. And actually, that's sort of how I feel about this movie. Like, I didn't outright hate it. I wasn't bored by it it's necessarily. I was more just like amazed and astounded that this movie got made at all. And I didn't really understand how the script was so convoluted. I, yeah, I had trouble, like, following what was going on. Like, I can generally tell you what happened, but I don't really know what happened in each scene. And I, like, had trouble knowing what even to take notes on because I'm just like, what is happening right now? Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, a really well-paced film. Like, it never lagged that long. Um, maybe they got stuck in a few weird monologues or sequences, but generally it kept you moving along. It's very action-y, but I guess it's genre. It says it's a space opera. Oh, yeah. That is one thing I actually really liked about at least this idea, the concept of it. Um, I know that this was inspired heavily by just the covers of science fiction magazines from the 60s where they always had these like really, really intricate drawings of spaceships uh, with a lot of like crystal and lattice work and just um, very fragile looking. Especially Ju the planet Jupiter with like the great red spot or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those spaceships against the planet would have been exactly what a cover from the 60s would have looked like of one of these magazines. So that I actually do approve of. And I also do think it's really impressive that they tried to make a new thing, even if it wasn't successful at all. And I will say <laughs> this does have a lot of good things about it. Like the effects are really great. Um, the way it's filmed, like the cinematography is good. The score is great by Michael Giacchino. It has a great cast, but they're not really used well. They just need a better script. Yeah, if it had had more compelling characters with more than one motivation and... I guess, more of an organic plot, not one that required so much backstory. I think it could have actually been a really successful movie. I would, yeah, this movie is a movie that's full of proper nouns. They're just going <laughs> to name drop 
tons of shit on you. Um, And you're just like, wow, I don't even know. Like Legion, Aegis, Hunters, Lycanton. Right, exactly. You can tell there was a really in-depth Bible or backstory or whatever you want to think of it, like a canon, but they never really divulged it to the audience in a way that was wholly satisfying. Maybe if there had been a companion book or something that divulged all the details, that would have been better. Oh yeah, and we're not we're Terses. We're oh, Earthlings. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what they call the Earthlings. Yeah, terrestrials. Terses. Yeah. <laughs> this almost has a lot to do with um, like conspiracy theories. Like a lot, there's the conspiracy theory that aliens like are out there and have some sort of uh, I don't know, like a federation that are keeping humans in the dark. Oh yeah, I was gonna say they had um, the stereotypical like blue light that draws you up to the spaceship just like an alien abduction oh yeah and then they have the actual greys uh those play like low-level villains who are trying to kidnap mila in the first act they just have the classic look yeah they're just like aliens yeah the regular drawing of an alien yeah just like the giant head and the spindly body and vicious little things oh yeah and they stole the men in black feature with the mind wiping or whatever they reveal that anytime like a big spectacle happens they can just brainwash everyone so they don't know what happened but not everyone so they're the people who actually like believe in it are the correct ones according to this yeah exactly film um there are some (laughs) interesting thematics in this film too i thought a lot of the main plot had a lot to do with colonialism just uh appended onto the space theme and then it starts actually with a pair of illegal immigrants who are coming in or they call them illegal aliens kind of a joke um uh, right i'm sure they're very fine people or whatever but they're like some yeah cool, there's some cool nerds they have this whole thing about a telescope that they used to like look at jupiter and that's how they get the idea to name their child jupiter jones but then there's the whole dead father cliche uh the dad just gets shot for like seemingly no real reason he just gets like robbed oh yeah because there's a robbery and then i don't know he's like not the telescope oh yeah and then that pisses them it's right like the off fucking bruce wayne thing again yeah <laughs> don't take my um, pearl necklace but no she yeah but the mom is only pregnant i guess so she never even met her dad yeah she was born without ever knowing her dad um, oh, and before that, there was this, like, kind of odd moment where the couple was just, like, sitting on the bed, and the, the guy was like, give me the Vaseline, and we were both like, uh... Oh, yeah, we thought it was, yeah, we thought we were about to see a parent sex scene. Was, like, rubbing on her pregnant belly. Oh, to, was it for the sonogram or ultrasound or whatever? No, I think just probably makes it feel better, her stomach. Just, like, oh, <laughs> Okay. And there yeah. was like a very sense-ish birthing scene where they show Mila's character getting born. Uh, <laughs> and they really want you to know that he, she was uh, in the house of Leo with Jupiter Ascendant. So somehow this plot revolves around DNA and uh, astrological stuff. So I'm not really sure what that was about. Yeah. Wait, what, what was about? Just like this fascination with astrology. I'm not really sure what the purpose of that was. It wasn't really gone into Oh, yeah. I wrote, like, House of Leo with Jupiter rising or something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because she had something with Jupiter rising and her name's Jupiter, and that's supposed to mean that she's destined for great things and also to find the one true love of her life. So she was destined for a lot. And all of that happened in this film. 
Yeah, she's like the standard Mary Sue where she's meant for great things, but she doesn't know her destiny yet. Yeah, oh, and there's just so much even in just the beginning, because, yeah, you mentioned they they mention astrology, her name is Jupiter, but they hardly ever even touch on that. Mm. And then also I was just wondering about the robbery of the parents. Like, did he owe someone money? Did random people just burst into the door like you could have a whole film just on that random like assault or whatever yeah you're left with a lot of holes that you have to (laughs) fill in but you don't have that impetus to do so it's not like star wars where they like sort of tantalize you with like things like the force and lightsabers and like what is this whole thing where you where it does actively get your imagination like considering the possibilities and here's just like very flat like (laughs) it's very roman-esque mixed with star wars just this idea of this, hmm. uh, this like family with all this lineage and power, and they just control the universe. Basically, it's almost like one of the bad yeah, Caesars. yeah, that's true. So yeah, she's just like, um, does she clean toilets or something? She yeah, for a living? she has a very stereotypical Russian family who also are very flat characters. They're not developed at all, and she just spends her days cleaning, house cleaning, and for rich clients. Oh yeah, we couldn't tell we couldn't tell the relationship between her and the guy who she's gonna sell the eggs with to make money. Oh yeah. We were like, are they dating? But then it turns out at the very end, at the very end, you learn they're cousins, I think. Yeah, her cousin has some convoluted get rich quick scheme, which is he wants her to sell an egg (laughs) so he can buy some like bullshit and so that she can buy a telescope. Right, and I thought it was like her uh like lazy boyfriend or something. (laughs) But yeah, they really throw you in immediately with all the names like Titus, Kalik, Balaam. Uh, these are this is the Abraxas oh. that you learn is the one that controls yeah. everything. Yeah, the Abraxas. Uh, you find out. Oh yeah, so basically the Abraxas family are all bitchy space imperialists or colonialists or something. Yeah, exactly, and they're trying to find Mila. So she goes in to get her operation done to extract an egg. Uh, it's this whole like metaphor about harvesting, since the plot also involves harvesting. Oh, yeah. And we also learn that Earth is a valuable planet, which is interesting. Yeah, and they find out that her blood type matches the one they've been looking for, so they put out an all-points bulletin, and the doctors are going to try to kill her because they turn out to be the gray aliens, too. When all of a sudden, oh, he yeah. skates in with his gun and just like blowing them all away like a real badass. As always, which he's going to do in every scene. It's going to be until like the very last minute where you're like scared for her life. And then Channing Tatum bursts in. Yeah, I love his hair in this movie. He has like <laughs> this anime hair going on, just like a swoop and like eyeshadow. Oh, yeah, and pointy and, ears. Yeah, he's like a lichen type thing. He's ex-legion, they say, like an ex-skyjacket. Don't even know what that means. Lycantant. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, and remember he's half albino and wolf and human or something? Oh, yeah. We find out that he's um, like a... Like they split spliced his genes together. Yeah, with he's, an animal with wolves. Yeah, uh, genomgeneering. Uh, oh, a skyjacker. That's right. right. Oh, he quick... He's... Uh, okay, so the organization is called the Legion. Yeah. And he achieved the rank of the skyjacker. Yeah, exactly. And I can't remember exactly when they reveal this, but you learn at some point, I think um, when they're captured, that he lost his posting because he killed a royalty. So that's this whole, like, right. about is he going to kill Mila at some point for some reason? 
Is he going to just decide to bite into Mila Kunis's neck or something like a wolf? I think we see some tasteful male butt at, at some point. He, like, takes off his costume, his outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah, because does she have nudity, too? They both have a little bit, maybe. But it's a very chaste film, actually, in that regard. Oh, yeah, it's actually rated PG-13, so I don't think they could have gone that far. But there was a space orgy with that one brother in space, one oh, of the yeah, royalty that's, people. That's a lot implied. You sort of see him just, like, floating amongst these, like, beautiful space women. And just sort of <laughs> yes. floating around each other. And, I mean, we're obviously supposed to read that it is an orgy, but we can't quite actually say that. Oh, yeah, it's not actually on camera but he's like surrounded by women and then they have to stop what they're doing <laughs> and i have to say i got a real chronicles of riddick vibe from this film it's the same sort of problem that movie had where they just like drop you in and tell you all this backstory and you don't really know why you should care and none of the characters really are that interesting yeah i guess it takes like too much time to build all this up and then you don't have enough time for character development i don't know yeah, so you sort of go back and forth between Mila and her family for this quick little intro, and then... And the, the aliens. Plotting. And you introduce some cool yeah. space dragons that look like Koopas from <gasps> the Brothers film. They're like scaly I know, men. I love the lizard things. They're actually pretty cute. I, I like them too. Yeah, Mr. Scolican, that was the dude's name. Oh yeah, for the some reason they guy. all have these crazy names like Mr. Knight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or oh yeah, and did we say Channing Tatum's name was Kane Wise already? <laughs> no. Yeah, he has the best name. It's <laughs> Jupiter Jones and Kane Wise. <laughs> yeah, I really don't understand the yeah. names. Pretty random. And then Titus and Balaam are the two brothers of that are royalty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did notice, okay. uh, I just like this personally, uh, it's the actor who plays Rickety Cricket from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, was in the movie playing this cat-looking man, who... Uh, oh, the Peter Pettigrew rat-looking thing? Exactly, yeah. So I just got a kick out of that. Um, oh yeah, they had a lot of face makeup on, though. They had, like, a prosthetic thing. Yeah, so the special effects were good. I like the reptilian things. Yeah, and I did wonder throughout the film, like, how we should feel about Mila Kunis' family, because they are, like, extremely stereotypical, just like, oh, it's a Russian family, so they're all gonna, like, have these accents, and just, I don't know, kind of... Oh yeah, they weren't, like, built as characters at all, they were just, like, um... Stock, like, Over the top. Yeah, yeah stock characters <laughs> oh man oh and sean bean is there and as one of the mini characters as a half br uh b yeah i was actually really afraid for him because he dies in almost everything he's in but he actually makes it out of this one alive and in the process he's pretty badass too yeah i thought for sure he was gonna die though because he has to yeah. turn on them because he has like a daughter a sick daughter or something so of course they leverage that against him yeah and i never thought about this before but he actually plays uh sort of the partner character in a lot of different films like golden eye and uh, equilibrium oh hmm. oh so sean bean is a bee man who wants his wings and then channing tatum also wants his wings back or something yeah Oh, wait, I forgot. I think the way we're introduced to Channing Tatum's character is actually he, like, uh, sees these people on a roof, like, different aliens. Uh, one of them's the lady from Sense8, and 
Cloud Atlas, and they just like oh. have a little fight there. And then after that's the whole scene with the eggs. What happened with those characters? They just got rid of them. Yeah, I don't think they matter to the story at all. I don't think that scene mattered at all. They just wanted to set up that he has these cool boots. Yeah, <laughs> that he has the flying boots. Um, but yeah, there are like so many characters, and it just seems like they're split between either trying to kill Mila Kunis because they've been paid by someone who we're not sure yet who it is. Or they're trying to take advantage or of Or they're trying to help, or well, I guess Kane Wise is trying to help her. Yeah, uh, I, meant, I meant the like Abraxas um, families. They're all trying to kill her or use her in some way. Oh yeah, so they're, yeah, but then like um, the Sense8 actress and that guy that she's with, um, they just try. They try to help her. The space police seem to try to help her. The Aegis or whatever they're called. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like basically she just has to keep getting saved over and over again, and then people just keep coming to kill her, and that's the entire movie. Yeah, it was weird, and she just kept getting into these situations where somehow she'd have to marry somebody for some reason, and then the next scene she she had to marry her son. There's a lot of incest themes in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you learn eventually that she's the reincarnated mother. Uh, they have some other word for it, but it's basically the reincarnated mother of this whole family. Yeah. And then you learn even later on that Eddie Redmayne's character actually killed the mother, but it was because she asked him to. And that's how it got reincarnated. And of course, uh, yeah. this whole family, their whole thing is they're almost like vampires. Like they keep extending their lives. And they have this like disturbing method where they liquidate a hundred people to make this goo, and then they take a bath in the goo. That's the harvest. Yeah, that's how they harvest it. Oh, it's also the whole thing about um, the theory about uh, panspermia, about how life was seeded from. Oh yeah, humans. So these aliens are humans, and that's why at the beginning she technic she says I'm technically an alien, yeah. but all of us are aliens because we were like seeded here to be harvested. Exactly. So they're like um, like large scale engineers. Basically, they engineer these planets and then they fill them with life, also they can use them. It's it's could just also be a metaphor for the um, agro industrial complex. Oh yeah, just like industry in general and labor. Labor is life. They're taking our life. So then there's uh, the first major set piece. There's this, uh, like, a big shootout, basically, in downtown Chicago between all the different aliens in their ships. Like, Kane Wise is trying to get <laughs> Mila Kunis off the planet, so he gets her to one of the beams. Before they can get up there, uh, the ship gets blown up. So then they sort of have to improvise and steal another ship. Um, and actually, no, for a fact, this scene took three months to film because the Wachowskis wanted the skyline to have a certain look, which is only possible for a really short window around f like 5 to 6 a.m. So they basically spent... Oh, so it's dawn. Out. Yeah, and it's actually a really cool scene in a lot of ways. Um, I think they actually had Channing and Mila on rigs or their stunt doubles. It didn't look like they were just CGI'd in. It looked like they were actually being hauled around by like helicopters and stuff. So I thought that was mm. pretty cool, actually. It was quite a lot of hopping around, destroying Chicago, I guess. Yeah, and the skyline did actually look really beautiful. Um, I'm not sure if it was worth like spending three months filming it, but it was cool. But again, uh, right. <laughs> we're like, thrust into this action. We barely know Mila. We barely know Channing. We don't really know what their stakes are. We don't know why any of this is happening. Um, we don't know that much right. about the aliens yet. But we've met so many characters, but we don't know like anything. 
Yeah, it's just like being dumped in the middle of like a Game of Thrones book or something. <laughs> You're supposed to know yeah. who people are and why they care about what they're doing. Um, and then finally, the aliens just give up for no apparent reason after Channing like blows up a sufficient number of them. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he kills every single one that's there at the moment or something. Yeah, and I think this is the first uh, for our count of Mila falling for no discernible reason. Yeah, so yeah, she's constantly falling because they're in the sky and stuff, and he's she's got to ride on him while he skateboards or whatever. Yeah, so he finally like he finally facilitates her escape. And then takes her to visit his friend and former partner, Sean Bean. Um, and we discover there that he's oh, raising right. a bunch of bees, because I believe he's been genomgeneered to be, like, a bee man. The genomgeneered? The genomgeneered. It, like, leaps off the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and I had written bioneural synaptic prosthetic. What? <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty good. This, um, such good techno babble they have in this film. Yeah, so that's when we get confirmation that Mila is actually royalty. She's a queen bee because uh, all the bees just start swarming her and she can like control their swarm. Bees are genetically designed to recognize royalty, if you didn't know that. Yeah. And, and then I had to read this because I didn't even pick up on it in the movie, but Cain is... Uh, has such a good sense of smell that he can track a gene through the universe. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He has, like, the most amazing sense of smell ever. So he can always find her, I guess. And then Sean Bean, like, knows she's royalty because he's part bee. Exactly. Oh, and somehow, even though it's a wolf man and a bee man, they have had wings in the past when they were part of the Sky Legion. So I don't really get how that But, like, angel wings... Yeah, exactly. And at the end, you see uh, Channing has regained his wings, so he's, like, flying around at the end. It's kind of silly. Yeah. Um, And they were genetically designed to uphold the monarchy, so that's actually what the the Legion does. Or maybe the Skyjackets, I'm not sure which. Um, Oh, yeah, the Legion serves royalty, so that's why it's bad that he attacked um, that person. Wait, and why did Sean Bean get kicked out? Why did Uh, Sean Bean get kicked out? I'm not sure. I think it was probably just because he was partners with um, Channing. They just both got thrown out. Together. Oh, jeez. Okay. So then you find out that Oris was actually the original home of humans. Um, then there was a great expansion, they called it. And you also learn that the name of the dinosaur creatures are Sorry Sapiens. And they were the original humans <laughs> of uh, Earth. So they're what happened to the dinosaurs. I don't think they explained it in the movie, honestly, but you can sort of presume that there was some sort of space battle that killed them all and had nothing to do with uh, an asteroid or anything else. Oh, no, sorry. I thought those were the um, uh, the reptilian aliens. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, the dinosaurs, they call- had their own name for them. I think it was both. Um, I think they probably took the dinosaur DNA and mixed it with something else, and that's how they made those uh, dragon leaves. Oh... Which is another okay. uh, stereotypical type of alien. So it's almost like the Wachowskis just are really into um, alien lore and want to figure out a way to like put it all into one movie. Because, of course, there's the conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. There's lizard people pretending to be humans. Right. Well, yeah, so they... Uh, the one monarch person, the lady that's the sister, says, like, oh, you don't know anything about genes yet or genetics yeah. So they, I guess that's a big uh, theme here is just like 
because she's like re Mila Kunis has the exact same genetics or something as the mom. So she's the same person or something like that. Exactly. So now Mila is going to go through this sequence of meeting the different family members of the Abraxas uh, space family. And the first one is this lady who I think was actually in Sense8 as the um, DJ person. Uh, oh, yeah. And she's the one who explains all the stuff about the goo and how they've been alive for 14 millennium. And they keep mm-hmm. themselves alive by harvesting all these people. And they show her, like, taking the bath in the goo and show another, like, little hint of a butt. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it's ridiculous just from the science perspective because they say that they just replace the cells and they keep the, their DNA. So that's why they need to harvest human bodies is because they just take their cellular contents, I guess. I imagine they probably got the idea sort of just going off stem cells or something. Yeah. But just, yeah, like Mila Kunis would not, even if Mila Kunis had the exact same DNA, like an identical twin, she wouldn't be the same person as their mom, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like space magic, I guess. Yep, space magic. Um, This sort of suffers from the same problem of the prequels as well as, I mean, the prequels took a lot, took heavily from Dune. So it's the whole idea of talking about space industry and businessy things and how fascinating all that stuff is. And they have this other thing about how um, after living so long, uh, it turns out the most precious resource or commodity is actually time. It's the one thing you can't make more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was like 14,000 years goes by so quickly. Yeah. And I will say the look of this film, um, they had a lot of really strong primary colors, like it's a lot of blues and reds and yellows, um, so it ties the, the look of the film together, and I'm sure there's probably some sort of color theory behind the, the different uses of color. Pablo, hmm? you just explained, you just described Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Time's the most precious commodity. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, no, he doesn't care about time. He's like, I'm ready to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Call me Choopy. Yeah. I guess these people need to watch Mr. Megorium to learn from him. <laughs> oh, I love this line. I just wrote it down. Um, Mila Kunis at some point says, bowels are anything but royal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So there's a repeated theme where she like, goes unconscious for some reason and then has her clothes changed so oh, she keeps yeah. being like oh you dressed me while i was okay and then it's like really awkward yeah um that happens when channing rescues her because she's just wearing a dressing gown and then she wakes up and she's dressed yeah and then there's another time with the aegis that she does that again yeah so she's hanging out with channing and they're safe with this uh one sister who doesn't seem to want to control her or kill her. And that's when Channing reveals that he's more dog than man. To which Mila replies, I love dogs. <laughs> I've always loved dogs. Which is basically saying that she'd fuck a dog. Because, yeah, I was like, did she... Because she seems to really like him. I was like, did she um, ask if he has, like, a wolf penis or, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> no, he's he's... He says I'm more dog than man when they're getting close, so it's like you know what he's saying. Yeah, look after his like <laughs> red dog penis. Sorry. Oh God. 
Um, then I um, think the most wow. strange sequence in the whole movie happens uh, where they have to try to get Mila registered to go out into the greater si- uh, the greater space community. Up until this point, we had gotten vibes of like a lot of different sci-fi films like star wars and like i don't know you were naming some other ones yeah i do but then all of a sudden it becomes yeah dune it becomes or riddick too it becomes um a terry gilliam film yeah just for this one sequence there's this whole like sequence of bureaucratic jokes about how hard it is for mila to get her space passport essentially and how it's exactly like the dmv but nine times worse right so they end up having to bribe the person to let her get her stamp on her arm or whatever yeah she's been take she's being taken around by this really bizarre robot faced man who goes around like bribing people intergalactic advocate bob (laughs) 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 that was his name (laughs) not only is the whole sequence clearly very terry gilliam inspired but when she finally gets her passport it's presented to her from an alien who is terry gilliam under a bunch of makeup yeah a cameo yeah yeah so they're probably trying to reference all these different things like star wars and star trek and terry gilliam films but why did they have to devolve into yeah, this like i was saying i think this is a sort of a love letter to like a space ode yeah that's true um wow so mila's saying that she doesn't feel any different she's not going to get all entitled now that she's royalty uh, which reminded me a lot of like the Princess Leia character just being like, I'm not all uppity, uppity just because I'm a princess or whatever. Oh, yeah. She's basically like a good person because she doesn't, she hasn't let this stuff go to her head. She's not an evil person who uses the bodies of other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I meant to mention earlier, um, her character falls very in line with all these classic female heroines like Alice from Alice in Wonderland or uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, where she's sort of an innocent being thrust into these weird situations and having to make like the best moral choice available. Yeah. Yeah. And she, there are a lot of like breakaway floors. She's always like falling <laughs> and then being caught. Oh yeah, just like in and... just like in Assassins, which is another film we're doing for this podcast. Yeah, breakaway floors is definitely a trope, I guess, and then getting caught or something. Um, but yeah, so she, yeah, definitely a, a female like kind of stereotype. Although she is the protagonist, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then I saw, but Channing Tatum took top billing in the credits. I noticed. That is weird. I think it was because he was sort of having a hot moment for a second there um, between this and Magic Mike and uh, probably 21 Jump Street and a few other films. Oh, yeah. I just That's thought, true. Like, capitalize on his uh, rising star. But yeah, I mean, right. this is obviously the protagonist. He's just sort of like a warrior archetype. Right. So then she's sort of taken as a prisoner to meet the brother in the family um she's taken to this like cloud city looking place the brother titus oh titus yeah and he's the one who explains to her that she's the reincarnation of their mother and that's and all this has to do with getting the best yield and market gain and other such terms that we care so much about yeah basically um he shows her he tells her what's going on with the abrasic stuff yeah he explains all about how the blue glowy stuff is made from harvesting 100 people a time 
And he pretends that he's actually against all this, but of course we learn later that he's just a liar. And he has a whole speech about how lies are great. So it's like a classic yeah. sequel speech where he just like has this topic that he wants to tell you the audience about. <laughs> he like, I, I he really wants to tell you about how great lies are. <laughs> yeah, I remember in The Matrix Reloaded, there's that Merovingian Frenchman character who talks a lot about... Um, cause and effect like that's his whole speech and then this one's about <laughs> lies and how you can lie and get whatever you want how lies are amazing he's like you wake up every day and tell yourself lies to get through life that kind of stuff he's just like lies are we all lie like yeah so he's doing the classic supervillain thing that you're never supposed to do where he explains the entire thing he's trying to do to channing right before he's about to yeah he's <laughs> like no way you'll get out of here this, uh, yeah. mr bond you'll die for sure oh my god the laser sharks are definitely gonna get you so explains to him um, um oh and he had asked mila to marry him uh this brother guy titus he had said that he just wanted to do it as sort of like um a technicality to join their powers together they're like empire so he could rule it yeah something like that so that they could dismantle this abrasics harvesting or whatever yeah so channing's um, launched out of the space lock and somehow he gets his leg free and like kicks a modular space suit or a bunch of spacesuits out and he's able to get into one <laughs> and I actually thought the spacesuit was really cool you just you just like um a box and you just like press it into your chest and it like expands out almost like the iron man suit or something so that was cool right and so he's able to hold out with his air until another ship comes because that ship leaves stranded oh yeah through a portal or something oh yeah there are also portals in this so much space stuff there's panspermia um genome engineering and panspermia i don't even know okay now you're thinking uh, but yeah yeah oh my gosh so the plan is he wants to marry the reincarnation of his mom in order to kill her Oh, one thing I thought that was hilarious was that when they're having the wedding, you find out that a bunch of the people in the crowd are just either robots or holograms. Like, he's just artificially um, expanded the crowd, kind of like Trump. Oh, they're Sims. Yeah, he said they have to have the whole royal re- wedding, like, hologram or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so there's this whole epic scene where Mila's about to get married off, and there's all these people and all these fancy outfits there, and the priest is there trying to get them to, you know, sign off. And they have to get this ring tattooed around their finger to make it official. Um, and meanwhile, Titus keeps reassuring her that it's not like weddings on Earth. It's just a contract. Where, where Whereas I was like, I thought a lot of people did think of marriages like that on Earth. But Oh, yeah. Um, so meanwhile, Sean Bean, uh, or Channing Tatum has gotten back together with Sean Bean. And they're en route to um, try to blow up the ship with their little spaceships. So there's an exciting space battle where there's all these like swarming droids that they have to like shoot up. Yeah, some sort of, I were they called Warhammers or something? Oh yeah, I don't yeah, know. They use these two ships called Warhammers. Good call. I had written Warhammer dodging scene. <laughs> and at one point, Sean Bean does a barrel roll, which immediately made me think of Star Fox. Uh, but also yeah. His, uh, his bee powers were the things that let him. So yeah, bees and wolves are good at flying ships too. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does he want to be a sky jacket again? Because doesn't he hate the royal family? Aren't they evil? They're harvesting people. Yeah, you would think so, but there's, this, I guess, the whole thing about the Aegis is maybe all right. There's all these factions, basically. It's all factionalized. 
It's just the Abraxas. Yeah, Aegis. They're almost like the Lannisters or something. Right. And then Aegis is like the space police. But then, so they're helping Sean Bean and Channing Tatum as sort of backup, I guess. Yeah, another random character is introduced, Captain Singh. Uh, the captain of the ship. Yeah, Captain Singh. We later decided. And then it becomes like, like Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Yeah, because Captain Singh is like, do this, do that, and they're all like on the bridge, and, again, and they're it's like Mr. yeah, Nash, pretty Mr. much Mr. Knight, all this Mr. Bullshit. Yeah, Mr. Spock, turn up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. So then, because he rescued her and was helping out the Aegis, Channing is given back his skyjacket status, skyjacker status. And also probably because she's the queen, ultimately. Oh, yeah. So he's saving her. Yeah. So she gets away from Titus. She met the neutral sister. Now she has to face off against the real evil guy, Balaam, who's had these, like, duck lips this entire time and always whispers and he's really creepy. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about Eddie Redmayne's amazing performance in this film. I'm pretty sure he's the only (laughs) one who knew how campy and cheesy this whole thing was because he really commits to that Uh. feeling. He just oh plays. yeah every single scene he's in he just makes the weirdest acting decisions you could possibly make just uh, yeah. half his lines he whispers like this and then half his lines he talks like, oh, like Dumbledore <laughs> he talks like Dumbledore in Harry Potter yeah exactly um and just very formal yeah. and, like fancy pants <laughs> but yeah this whole thing about um the lizard people are sent to steal Milo's family so that's what kicks off the third act that she's trying to get her family back oh yeah so so yeah so his plan to get so titus's plan to get her there to kill her was marriage and to lie and say he's against the abrasics but then yeah he fully intended to um, after the marriage was like completed yeah tell her just enough to get her trust but then balaam is just like he tried to capture her i guess with the keepers and all of that yeah, he just wants to straight up um, um, either get her power or murder her. He's been, yeah, he's been coming for her the whole time because um, he wants the rights to Earth because it's so valuable. And then, exactly. oh, yeah, so then he, when he can't capture her, he, that's when he kidnaps the family as a backup, I guess, to, like, um, make sure she comes to him. <laughs> yeah, and we get another one of his amazing shouty lines. He's just like, I create life! <laughs> Yeah, he's like whispering, whispering, I create life! Oh, well, I guess she's saying, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, so Mila willingly goes over there, and they're having the whole conversation again about how messed up what their harvesting stuff is. So he gets a monologue now, but it's about sort of capitalism and a pyramid scheme or yeah, something. Like, I don't know what it is. And how everyone's on the bottom, <laughs> and they have to be on the top so they can get all the profits, because they need to consume yeah, capital, and they make beautiful machines. Yeah, it was sort of like communist like das capital he was like it's for the greater good but then it's like capitalism like it's all for me <laughs> i guess it's an objectionist an objectivist like the ayn randian philosophy oh god yeah he's like for the greater good it's all for me yep i am the only thing that exists so i am the greater good <laughs> um there's a really hot scene between channing and sean where they're about like two inches apart just talking very tersely to each other having a little hot bromance when they're trying to build each other yeah he was tra- sean bean i thought was um hitting on channing tatum but instead he was just building up to go get mila kunis but 
I mean, I think it was just a metaphor for, you know, just allowed them to get close to each other. Not going to lie, if they'd started making out, this would be a, like, that would have made the movie a lot better. <laughs> That's why he was like, I'm mostly dog. He was trying to say, leave me alone, Mila Kunis. I don't want to. Oh, yeah, I'm already with, with a B person. Yeah. <laughs> and he's mostly B. <laughs> Um, I thought the designs of the Aegis' ship was pretty cool. That's probably the most, like, the old covers I was talking about. Um, it's all very crystalline and all these spires and stuff. The design of the ships are cool in this movie. And there's, like, a really awesome elephant-looking creature. Uh, it's almost like a Star Trek alien or Star Wars. It just has, like, the standard body and on the face is just, like, this elephant thing. Oh, yep. <laughs> is that Mr. Nesh? Oh, yeah, Mr. N- oh, like a Nesh. That's funny. Oh, of course. Kind of offensive, too, but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Shh. <laughs> Wachowskis. Yeah. God. <laughs> so then Eddie Redmayne uh, reveals to Mila that he has stolen her family. They're hidden under the invisible floors and are about to get, like, horribly tortured and killed. I guess just harvested. Oh, yeah, they're going to get harvested, exactly. So, yeah, he wants her to sign over the rights to everything or abdicate her title or something. And again, even when just like stupid things are going on, I thought the music did a really good job of moving things along. But there's no humor in this movie. It's all very flat. All the lines are just kind of like straightforward or like explaining exposition. Well, yeah, they try to be funny with like the undressing, like the undressing thing is supposed to be a running joke. Um, I think Channing Tatum being a dog and her being like, but I like dogs or I love dogs. I think that's supposed to be a joke, but yeah, it's just weird veins of humor. Yeah. She does take the initiative and kiss him, though, first, in, at some point in this battle. Final uh, they do kiss. Chase um, thing. He, he again swoops in on his uh, magical skating shoes and swoops her away. And he's. Oh, we haven't even talked about this. He has this cool green shield that he can bring up from time to time. That's how he protects himself from laser blasts. Oh, right. Oh, see, there's so much going on in these battles. He's, like, flying around, stuff's exploding. Somehow he destroys, like, the entire, like, place that this Balaam guy is at. Oh, yeah, he just, like, shoots a lot. (laughs) Everything just starts, like, falling to shit, and, like, they're falling off of decks and stuff like that. I don't even know. Yeah, he, like, accidentally um, lets loose one of the columns, and so just crashes through this glass like floor and of course mila and eddie redmayne fall again it's like the third time yep she falls i keep on falling (laughs) through the floor with you (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) so wachowskis love the breakaway floor scheme (laughs) yeah um channing has to fight off a lizard man who's preventing him from going after mila uh he shows off his capoeira and kicks (laughs) a lizard in the face by spinning upside down. Yeah, so he, that's quite an extensive battle with the lizard guy. With oh, it's his name. What is his name? It's so Mr. cute. Um, Mister Scalican. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Scalican. Oh, but yeah. So Mister Scalican gets his wings all beat up. He just gets real beat up. Oh yeah, it's a really. And then I guess battle. he gets choked by the floor. Yeah. He gets exactly. choked by the floor when it can, like, open and then close again, and then Channing Tatum gets him while he's falling through the floor. Yeah. There's not a lot of good payoffs at these battles, though. Um, later in the <laughs> sequence, you see Eddie Redman get killed, but doesn't really register at all. He just sort of, like, falls. 
Well, because, yeah, they have to have the obligatory he, you see him almost get killed or think he got killed, and then he comes back, and then they fight, then him and Mila Kunis fight in hand-to-hand combat, and then he actually does die. So, yeah, just all is just like, oh, I guess that happened. But then I don't know if I should believe that he's really dead. I just wasn't really invested in it, I guess. Yeah, by that point in the movie, we're just like, uh, let this end. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's so many acts and so many different siblings, and I don't know, maybe this had been a few different movies that could have expanded on each sibling or somehow made it more interesting. really don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mila's considering jumping off another thing. Yep. Um, so there's the fourth fall in the movie. Oh, yeah, she's falling all over the place in this last exploding scene. Throughout this movie, I swear every single actor thinks they're in a different movie. Like, nobody is playing <laughs> to the same movie. Like, we have her family who's just doing these broad stereotypes. We have the different aliens who are, like, varying levels of committed or just insane. Uh, we have Eddie Redmayne who, <laughs> who knows what the fuck he's doing. And then Channing and Mila so. just seem to be struggling with the material. Like, they don't seem to have a lot to play off of. Like, there's no humor or anything for them to grasp onto. Which is such a shame because they both have such strong comedic backgrounds. Like, she was in that 70s show and a bunch of comedy movies and Family Guy. And he's well known now for being funny. Yeah, they yeah, that's true. They don't really have um like humorous moments, although they try, like the oh you're a dog thing or I don't I don't know. Yeah, they're just really failing. Yeah. And then she's just kind of like generic emotions, like she's mad. She's like, Don't talk to me like in one scene and or she's like just romantical and being like, But I like dogs or like she wants to kiss them or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, just very, like, basic human emotions, I guess. And it's a shame, again, because she has such this great presence. Like, she's obviously a really unique-looking actress, and she is powerful in lots of different other movies. She, like, has... You, you like, want to see her. She's interesting. Yeah, she, they just needed better lines, I guess. I guess Channing Tatum's character is supposed to be kind of a quiet, stoic type, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, we get this big reveal with Eddie Redmayne that I guess is supposed to be significant where he tells him that the mother actually told him that she hated her life and he says you begged him me to do it that's supposed yeah. to be like some sort of catharsis or big reveal but it doesn't really land because we don't know still I... why the mother committed suicide presumably because she was sick of the yeah. harvesting thing right it, it left so many questions because it's like did she really say that or was she just saying that like i dare you to do it kind of thing like in um 23 where the <laughs> women are just like you wouldn't do it yeah that's hilarious. um uh, so I, yeah it. it was you just sort of like <laughs> yeah he, i felt like he was sort of an unreliable narrator and just yeah what was the mom really going through um yeah, it's like we can understand but they didn't really touch on a logical level, but not from an emotional level. Does it make any sense? They didn't really... They And I think in one scene, someone's like... Maybe it was Titus says something, oh, you're just like her in some way. But then um, Balaam, it's kind of like with him, she's a completely different person. Like he doesn't... He, she, he's like, you won't hit me either, but then, or you won't shoot me, but then she shoots him in the leg. And like I was saying before, this is very similar to the Matrix uh, sequels where... So I've listened to the commentaries that they have on the DVDs and they have philosophers and stuff dissect the films and then you realize, oh yeah, they actually did put a lot of stuff into these films. Like it's just very abstract or hidden or it's not clear. So this is the same sort of thing where I think the Wachowskis just sort of fell in love with these ideas that they want to talk about or explore or, you know, put all this like space conspiracy thing into a film and all these references to movies they clearly love. 
but they just sort of got lost somewhere in it. I think anytime they make one of these films where it just has such an epic scale, they sort of get lost up their own butts, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Oh, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I did get that vibe because it was making all these homages, that it was like a film that they liked, but that not many other people liked. Yeah, I mean, they clearly know how to handle action sequences, like, there's no problem there. All the sequences in the movie are pretty well done. Like, CGI is really beautiful looking. I bet in, I bet in ultra, ultra high definition, it looks amazing. But you don't feel the motivation to watch it. (laughs) But that's, like, all there is. Yeah, there's nothing really stringing the action scenes together, just like, boom, 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 I don't know, um, with no development. It just makes you think, what was that hidden ingredient that Star Wars got so right that compelled people, versus this, where you don't really have anything, oh. like, there's no mystery, it's almost yeah. explained very straightforwardly. It's almost like reading a textbook, but as a movie. And yeah, there's no feeling of like a team, like you're supposed to root for like Han Solo and his friendship with Chewie, and you're supposed to like the four of them together, Luke and Leia and stuff. And um, but then in this movie, like you don't get that camaraderie with uh, Sean Bean and Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum and stuff. Even though Channing Tatum and Sean Bean are supposed to go way way back, there's just like no development there. There's not enough scenes um, of them just hanging out on a ship, just like being people. It's all them constantly having to save Mila, and oh my god, she got kidnapped again, and oh my god, now she's getting married, and now she's getting like, uh, trying to get into this contract. Right. It's not them just like being humans and uh, doing rapport. Yeah, like building rapport. Um yeah, I did suffer from that. Also, I want to say almost that the Wachowskis deliberately avoid doing a straightforward hero journey. Because that's also something I think okay. I noted in the Matrix movies, too. Like, the first one is very straightforwardly a hero's journey, but the other ones are mm-hmm. kind of more complex or hard to determine. And I think that sort of bothers mm-hmm. us in some subconscious level, where we can't quite grasp onto it as readily. We have to, like, think... We have to think too much while also like being willing to spend our disbelief and letting all the silly shit slide, such as a bee man and a wolf man and how Mila wants to fuck a dog, <laughs> and all this, like really silly stuff that we should rightly. And then yes, yeah, there. Did they mean anything deeper to it? Because it's pretty much like, oh, here are these bad guys who you obviously should not raise people for slaughter and then use them for your own gain right and mila kunis step mila kunis yeah chooses to step away from that because she saves earth by keeping it under her monarchy or whatever but then she just goes back to cleaning toilets so she's just like protecting the people from the harvest but anyway so just like pretty straightforward like this is good that these people are bad I mean, it also makes you think, again, that they could have done the Star Wars thing and made the villains Nazi-ish, but instead they're sort of Roman-modeled. So unless you're very deep into Roman society and history, I don't think you'd really probably draw as many direct comparisons to help you. Yeah, well, yeah, the monarchy thing. I I wish it almost went even harder on anti-capitalism. Yeah, they could have really hit a lot more things, a lot of the themes that they set up. Uh, harder instead they of set up so many themes and so many different um 
like sci-fi things like with the panspermia and the like genetics, the genomic engineering, like just so many different so yeah. many different things. If they, had, <laughs> if they had halved the number of references and themes that could have really explained them and gone in depth and made it interesting and relevant to us instead of us, instead of just being like, here's this information, isn't it interesting? And we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, I have to say what my theory is for what this film actually is. Okay. It's, it's which I think I might have said when I exclaimed when I was watching it, but just that it's the psycho character's story that he created in his mind around killing his own mother. So actually he's kind of like the Balaam character, but this is just like his fantasy world. Yeah, that would be a, <laughs> an amazing and way better explanation for the what happened in this movie. Um, it'd be like the <laughs> Darren Aronofsky's uh, quick descent into schizophrenia uh, cliche. Oh yeah, like pie or something. Um, and then there's a lot of incest and bestiality themes. Yeah. Actually, let's just go ahead and say that's the official reading that Eddie Redmayne's cra- uh, Eddie Redmayne's character just goes crazy because he killed his own mother. This and is <laughs> just his version of like his warped mind. Yeah, he's watched like one too many sci-fi shows, and this is like. He's just like a regular human on Earth, and this is just what his mind has created. <laughs> yep, he's just a boy looking into a snow globe, thinking about... Um, yeah, this. exactly. Um, we should also mention, uh, so at the very end, Mila still is this powerful ruler, but she decides rather than to live in space, she's just going to be uh, like a humble house cleaner again. So again, that shows her character, and she's just like the Dorothy coming back from this amazing land where she could have just stayed and started just living this normal life. So it's an important lesson. Yeah, she just chooses humility. Yeah. Yeah, humility or whatever. Accepting your circumstance. Well, okay, so, and then they kind of, they set up, like, nature versus nurture because they're like, oh, you're a reincarnation of this lady. But then they never really finish that either because it's like she maybe had some traits like the mother, but she was not the same person as the mother. Well, it's supposed to be the thing about breaking out of someone's shadow and being your own person. She keeps saying throughout the movie, especially towards the end, well, I'm not your mother. I'm my own person. I make my own choices. I, mean, I don't have to be following the same lineage. It's because you want me to. Oh, yeah. So then she does come back and she has a new telescope, which is what she wanted from the beginning. And then she and Channing are doing it probably doggy style. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah with the tele over the telescope how did the family afford the telescope i don't know i think channing somehow gave it to her they just whip it out of nowhere yeah oh and then they like fly off together which is also like the matrix ending uh channing now has wings which he spreads and they're like beautiful angel wings and he flies around with them and then now mila has the like cool magic skates she's just like skating along yeah but it's it's kind of like an x-men movie at the end or something um but i was like is she just gonna keep going up to the roof all the time and channing tatum just gonna keep visiting earth and they can only have like a romance on the roof like (laughs) right again they explain too little we don't know anything about what their situation is we don't know if channing is living on earth now or if he's still going out to be a skyjacker we don't know if she's still doing rulery rulery things like going out there and making decisions for the braxis industry or whatever right it seems like yeah i mean she's just still with her family like she's probably living with them so it's not like she can bring the pointy-eared dog guy home yeah 
but this is yeah. one of those films where you can't really <laughs> say like it was rushed or Hollywood interfered too much. I think this was actually the Wachowskis' vision, probably super condensed, of course, because <laughs> it was originally a 400-page treatment or novel. Um, but they could have they could have focused it more and made like a really good one film. That's what they did for the Matrix. They like just made one really good film. They didn't plan it to be a series, right? That's what they probably should have done. Um, oh, and they did take some of their Matrix moves from, like, the slow motion fighting. They do some of that here. Yeah, like, the fights are well choreographed, and it's cool how they play with physics. Channing's constantly going up walls and going upside down and shooting from every angle. And, again, it looks pretty realistic. I, I think they... I don't really know how they did it exactly, but it seemed like they used minimal CGI. Mostly relied on rigs and stuff. Actually, just they had Channing or whoever on the cable... They're moving him around. Oh my god, that'd be so scary. Right, so that's the other weird thing, is you can tell that this movie took a lot of work, especially for the two main characters, and yet it's for very little payoff. I mean, it felt like a lot of work, like, after watching this and trying to actually pay attention to what was going on, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I just want to say, Kalik, that it was the sister, so you were right that that was one of them. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of a shame. It's like a missed opportunity. I really think this could have been a classic if it had been handled a little bit differently. Maybe they could have had... I know they collaborate a lot now with other directors and writers, uh, like on Sense8 and Cloud Atlas. Um, they could have used someone with more of a like humorous, human touch, more of an emotional thing. So it's an actual story, and not just a weird platform to expound on various ideas. Whoa, who was a half-human, half-deer hybrid alien? Oh, Jeez. I actually wrote that down. Yeah, I think it was one of the ladies in the, like, space orgy thing. She just had weird, dumb fawn ears. <laughs> oh, okay. And there are a lot of cool designs oh, in this and movie, but again, they don't really go anywhere. Yeah, the Sense8 actress was Kalik, the sister, and then also Razo, a bounty hunter. That was who was... The other Sense8 uh, Who just never appeared... Yeah, she never appeared again. Yeah, and it's also kind of um, nice that the Wachowskis are so loyal to their crew, I assume, and these actors. They're willing to mm -hmm. use them in a lot of different things. I was just going to say that I guess it all worked out with the dog penis, though. At the yeah, end. I guess that was fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually got my vagina genomgeneered, and now <laughs> punctures Oh, <my> vagina. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But also, we were mentioning uh, when we were watching the movie that it's almost a shame that the Wachowskis didn't put some more of their subversive things, um, sort of their, you know, they have sort of a kinky thing going on. Like a lot of the Matrix has. Yeah, I want a full on space orgy. So I think this movie could have actually used some of that darkness. That's true. Just something to latch onto that's just not like sort of sterile environments. I mean, it was better than the Star Wars prequels, I will say. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as the sand dialogue. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Don't remind me. Uh, <laughs> but I had the same thing. But, where they I mean, a lot about politics and industry and all this shit that why would someone watching a space movie want to care about any of that stuff? <laughs> well, I mean, I would care if it's interesting to the character development. Right. But it was pretty, the characters were just straightforward, like Kane just wanted to save Mila Kunis at all costs, and I'm not totally sure why, except that I guess it was a love story, so I guess he just took a fancy, a liking to her. Yeah, and Mila's just trying to figure out her role in this whole thing, uh, sort of doing the fish out of water, oh my god, look how amazing this space shit is. Um, right, it's really like, basic. Um, 
and just like, I'm going to save my family. I'm going to do also, the right thing. The premise is also very similar to the Hitchhiker, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy setup. It's the same basic premise. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. It's about to get destroyed. Get saved. Right. Yeah, there's so many influences in this. Yeah. Um. So I was maybe, saw something that was like comparing it to Blade Runner in some of the scenes too. Well, I could see that sort of the style. Um, there's also some cool lady uh, in the Aegis ship who has like a robot face, and we both thought she was sort of like the Guardians of the Galaxy Nova character. Yeah, she did look like her. I think she was um, Famulus. Oh no, wait, that's the half human, half deer. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the list of. Um, characters but again it's cool uh, in a way that the wachowskis fleshed all this out it just would have been nice if that had been translated to the audience understanding any of it yeah in a way i'd love to read the 400 page original thing i bet it'd be way more interesting and make sense oh god 400 pages <laughs> but in a book you can do things like describe convoluted systems of industry and have it be interesting because the reader can just sort of go at their own pace. It doesn't have to be this sort of film thing where they have to expound on everything immediately. That's a good thing about books. You uh, can pick your own pace. Right. Wow, sorry. I'm just reading way. through the... Just reading through the Wikipedia. There's so much info. Really? Well, I mean, just the plot's long and then... Um... Oh, apparently Lana Wachowski likes the Odyssey or so, is somewhat based on the Odyssey or something. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the Wachowskis um, are very intelligent people. They are very well read and have all these references in their mind. But for someone who isn't them, it might not necessarily translate. Oh, they said... They want try to create a new form of female sci-fi hero in the space opera genre. Can we bring a different kind of female character like Dorothy or Alice? Characters who negotiate conflict and complex situations with intelligence and empathy. Well, there you go. See, they have noble Uh, intentions. Oh, and then... Oh, they said Toto the dog was the inspiration for Kane. That's hilarious. Who's always barking at everyone. <laughs> Except that they took it, like, too far. Like, Kane has to save her all the time, but okay. But yeah, I mean, I guess she's not, like... Kane is the emotionless, stoic one, but she's not like that, I guess. Yeah, and even then you can sort of draw the parallel with how Toto is always alerting the other three to save Dorothy. Yeah, that's true. And Kane's the one who's um, always getting the oh. ages involved. Dorothy fucked Toto. That's the lesson. But for example, if the Wachowskis wanted to take a crack at adapting The Wizard of Oz, that would probably be really weird and cool. It's true. It's these things where uh, they, they'd it's make such it a like yeah, it'd be like cyberpunk. Oh my god, it could be like. What if the Wachowskis did like Freakazoid, like the computer zaps you, and it's some sort of like cyberpunk superhero? I like that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, we're just um. And we're probably done talking about this. I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think you can tell this was the Wachow- one of the Wachowskis' passion projects that sort of got away from them and they sort of got lost in the web of trying to make all this work. 
So by the end, yeah, of the I feel sort of I felt sort of bad for not liking it because I'm like, oh, they tried. Yeah, I don't <laughs> dislike the Wachowskis, and I think it'd probably be awesome to work with them on something. Um, like I've like they're just like level every single one of the things they've worked on. Everyone's bad. They're like throw in the Terry Gilliam scene, just add it all in. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a Michael Bay film where it's obviously bullshit. It's stuff that they can tell they've worked uh, on. Yeah. And maybe sometimes it works, maybe sometimes it doesn't. Maybe sometimes you make Speed Racer, but at the end of the day, you're still yeah. They need, like, a trusted editor or somebody who can say no to some of their ideas or something. Yeah. Agreed. Honestly, they probably have so much money from the Matrix movies that they probably don't really need to listen to anything. Uh, it's it, the same problem. George it Lucas says it tech. It says this movie, yeah, technically made um, $8 million. Yeah. It cost $176 million to make, and then it made $184 million. But better than, uh, I guess, not making any money. Right, technically, yeah. So they, you're right, they can probably just keep making more off the Matrix money forever. I think it would be great um, if they actually sort of limited themselves in a way. Um, like, Sense8 is really good, and that doesn't require that much stuff. Um, I know, I'm confused, because I actually don't mind Sense8. I kind of like the ensemble cast of Sense8, and actually like those characters yeah. even more than the plot. And Maybe. in this one, it's just like, I hate, didn't even, there were no, no depths of the characters. It was really weird. Maybe we're wrong. And it is actually the studios that sort of hamstrung this, hamstrung them on this one. Maybe it was like a rush production schedule or they didn't get the budget they wanted. Or maybe some of the actors were studio decisions. Like if this was Sony, I bet <laughs> they would push for Channing, for example. Oh, yeah. Huh. They're like, it needs more explosions, needs more of Michael Bay. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any movie that turns out bad didn't start out that way necessarily. A lot of good, fil- a lot of bad films are made with really shitty scripts. I mean, wait, hold on. <laughs> yes, a lot. A of lot bad of bad films. films are made from good scripts, and a lot of really oh shitty yeah, films. Uh, and a lot of really good films are made out of shitty scripts. So that's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's not really that much to talk about this film. It's kind of strange. It's not good. It's not bad, but it's sort of entertaining in a way. Yeah, if you just want to sit there and not think about anything and just be like, yep, that was a movie. You should see this movie. Yep, and that's the highest recommendation you're probably going to get. If you want to see a movie where <laughs> Mila Kunis confesses to being into bestiality, this is your film. Yeah, exactly. That's the, should be the selling point for sure. And also, if it was half an hour shorter and they cut out a bunch of the bullshit and made it like more streamlined and funny and more human and all this stuff. <clears throat> and remember that we're all aliens. Yep, we're all from another place. All right, I think that's going to do it for this one. Um, I guess signing off for Cinemazing Chats, I've been Pablo. See you on the next one of these. Yeah, nice chatting with you.